Williams. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the 14 more days of Travis Kelsey and Taylor I like, Swift I like, Sports I like. Business Podcast, the Sportacast. Love it. It, it. I mean, you had so many people um, think like, what was it? Lamar Jackson, please save us from please. another another two weeks of Taylor Swift. I don't know. I, I kind of like it. By the way, I think Taylor's kind of sick of it. Did you see when the cameras, the CBS cameras were on her? I didn't. No, Did I didn't see, actually watch did, any of that game, oh, unfortunately. So, so I, I just saw the highlights. Um so the cameras, of course, get you know get Taylor in the box, and she looks up and she can she she, she uh, see she's on TV, and she mouths like "Go away, please." <laughs> like a hostage. I, I, yeah, exactly. Just go away, please. I, I I think even she is like she gets it. She doesn't want this. She does she doesn't want it. She doesn't need it. Um, but here we are anyway. It's only only two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the ground dog saw its shadow. The uh, the forecast is fourteen more days of, of hearing about who's the this. other team, by the way. Who they play? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Al Guido. Wait, yeah, wait, who they play? Shout what? out to the Niners for for come, coming back against the against the Lions. Um, yeah, oh, the, poor Michael Barr. That's all I kept picturing. By the way, I kept picturing our old colleague Michael Barr, big Detroit fan. He was crying when they won the playoff game. I was just, oh, poor Michael Barr. Yeah, not God. not not a great way to to, to 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 end your season if you're uh, if you're the Lions. Yeah, but I think we should, I think we have to start with 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 Travis yes. and 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 Taylor. I, I mean, I said this last week uh, when I watched. I had wa- the first Chiefs playoff game I had watched was the one last week, and it was it's just stunning to me how how often she was on camera. How often he was on camera, how often the commercials featured him in various ads, including Pfizer, including Campbell Soup. I think the, the 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 commercial engine that always revs in, in the 14 days before the Super Bowl uh, is is a V8 or whatever. It's a V12. It's, it's a big engine V12, yeah. happening, uh, happening in the next 14 days and, and everything from her travel schedule performing in Tokyo the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, to, to to I saw people theorizing he might propose on 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 the field after winning. We're just gonna get barraged with all of this um, celebrity uh, nonsense news, for lack of a better word. I think in the, in the next fourteen days, for better I or worse, and I'm sure the NFL is thrilled that of they're course, ending up. And I love special. those that are prepared though. Like right after the game, did you see the American Airlines flight numbers? I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what is it? 1989, and what's Kelsey? Uh, I don't even know his number. But whatever the flight, they changed two (laughs) flights to you know from Kansas City to Vegas and back to represent Taylor and uh, and Travis. Eighty seven. Okay, so they're flight eighty seven. I mean everything. These are creative folks, but. This you're, is you're a challenge. tail number Nobie guy, Nobie. Scott. What, what, what do you yeah. feel about the tail numbers? 80, 89 too low for you? Feeling too low? Uh, how, how do you feel about those numbers? Yeah, I think that's a little low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to find flight three digit I want, flights, I want flight yeah. 1989. I want nine, <laughs> flight 19889. Yeah, yeah I'd rather go. be on yeah. that than the two. Yeah, yeah. Actually, J.B. Berman, uh, for another former colleague, J.B. Berman and I would always tell each other the flight numbers before we leave. Like, eh, I don't like the sound of that one. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know, let me know when you landed safely. Yeah, we So I'd much rather be on 1989 than 87 for agreed, whatever reason. Agreed. Um, but I'm curious because in the day and age now, 
where you have to break through the clutter. Like if you're going to use Taylor, Travis, whatever it may be, you better be darn creative, right? It, it, there's just so much you're inundated with this. How do you break through trying to utilize at least that theme in your advertising or marketing? One of the questions I would have for for Anthony Krupe, our, our media expert, is the the Super Bowl is... You'd only get unquote, one question because his answer would be 37 minutes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, and maybe on Wednesday I'll, I'll come with the answer here. The Super Bowl ads, quote-unquote, sell out months and months in yeah. advance. But the sellout is not every ad inventory is sold out. They, they, they hold a few specifically knowing that depending on who's in the game or what's happening in the world, what company just had something big important, that people may want to pay up for those final few slots. I do wonder if you're a company like Pfizer that has Travis – if, if the appeal of, of running an ad with him in a game that he is playing in, in a Super Bowl that he's playing in, is so much more enticing that maybe you do buy an ad or buy a second ad. Um, I have no idea if marketing experts would, would know if running an ad of the player who's playing in the game suddenly makes the ad somewhat more effective and maybe more I can make you wince efficient. right now, Novi Williams. Please. You want to wince? Because yeah. I know you so well. Yeah. If I mean, obviously, these are the discussions that are being held inside of, you know, boardrooms. Yeah. And if I'm the CMO at Pfizer right now, am I, I not asking my folks to give me the money so we can take a shot? Oh, God. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I told oh, God. <laughs> Happy Monday, Evan. I would like a vaccine from your humor sometimes. <laughs> That's what I would like. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> um, I yeah, so so I th- that that's one of the things that, that that jumped out to me that and 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 it's true of Patrick Mahomes too, right? There's State Farm, for example. Th- there are there are there there's a number it seems of so quaint. Just yesterday was Patrick it was all about yeah, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah and and and, yeah. and I would think that there probably is some extra value in having in having a, an ad with with a player who's playing in the Super Bowl, but I actually don't know that. But I would be curious if if, if both for Patrick and, and Travis, because they are so present from a marketing standpoint, if we are going to see them in the Super Bowl because they're in Super Bowl commercials now that they're playing in the game. In the confluence of culture and fashion and art and sport, um, I mean, this is the piece de resistance, right? Uh, let's bring it back to football. I use the word confluence, and every time I do that, I always ask, do you know the three rivers from Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh? The Monongahela, the Ohio. Oh, that's the one people don't usually get. And the Susquehanna? I don't know. I don't I'm know not the saying third. I do. I'm just asking if you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Monongahela is the one people usually leave out. I don't know. I'd have to go look it up. I feel pretty good about those but, two, but and I don't know what the third is. But I, the confluence of all this celebrity and sport and fashion, um, are we ready to declare Kristen Juszczyk the winner? That, and if people are not familiar with the name, just imagine this, um, this tripod. One, Taylor Swift. Two, husband on participating team, 49ers. Three, Super Bowl, premier yeah. athletic event in the world. Uh, so if you don't know Kristen, she, of course, was the designer who had made a jacket for Brittany Mahomes, the wife of Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Chiefs. Uh, on a lark, she made one for Taylor Swift, too, sent it along, and Taylor did wear the jacket. Of course, that garnered uh, worldwide attention. And now here she is with her husband's team and Taylor Swift. Now, do you make one for Taylor? Like, 
your husband's in, in the game. So I think do she, you boycott it? Well, what are you doing? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah you tell her she can't I, wear no, 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 it. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm not making you a jacket you for the big the game. Enemy. My yeah. husband's on the on the other team. Yeah. I, of course you make the. Of course you make the. Joke. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. If Taylor wants to wear it, you make her fifty of them. Um, <laughs> this is such a. There's so many interesting parts of this. The, the thing that that really interests me, and, and we don't. We know the NFL has been talking to to Christian Juszczyk for a while now. It, it's unclear how much she wants in terms of. To, does she want a license? Does she want to try to make this a business? Does she have the ability to scale it? And there's obviously at least a little bit of demand. We we don't know exactly what she's thinking. I don't I don't believe she's talked publicly about it. Um, but the NFL, from a merchandising standpoint, the officially licensed NFL merchandise is decidedly uncool. I don't know if you've yeah. ever walked around the Super Bowl store, Scott, or what, walked around the NFL. Are you shop. calling Zubaz pants it, it uncool? A, the, the the NFL does not make cool merchandise, yeah. uh, and I think there's a few possible reasons for that. I'm editorializing here. Obviously, there may be some Go people that love what the NFL is doing. Uh, I think the the licenses are very expensive, uh, and I think that is that is the first part. Uh, and then secondly, um, I think the NFL is just a little bit on the conservative side in terms of who they want to give those licenses to, how edgy they want some product to be. Um, and and it, Christian Juszczyk is, 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 is going to, and perhaps going to test that edginess, right? There's clearly demand for this. Uh, it's unclear if she is going to really make a, make a run at this. It's also unclear if the NFL is going to let her. And that's the thing that I think is most interesting that when you walk around the Super Bowl official store, NFL store, uh, there, there's not a lot of product. There's certainly not a lot of cool product like a two hundred dollar like replica in, in, football in the Come way on. in the way that she's thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, this is going to be fascinating to see if on a short time frame they can do something done. If there is indeed interest from both parties and what that looks like. But let, let, let's pull back for a second though, Eben, and, and look from the really wide perspective. All right, so you're Roger Goodell. Why is it that there's such a big international push from the NFL? I think because there's a notion of saturation within the U.S. Yep. That, oh, we've got all the fans. Like, we, we've done all we can. And, and I understand when I say all, that's air quotes. You know, they're, they're, they view it as we, we've got everything in the U.S. locked up. What if I told you all of a sudden uh, the Swifties, if you would, who are probably not a dominant part of that fan base, all of a sudden are reachable to your messaging? Yep. Right. Um, you could, I, I, whatever number of fans Taylor Swift has, but you are now reaching this audience. You can now bring in an entire new audience to your game. Man, you've got to take that shot. You have got to take that shot. Now, Taylor Swift does not need promotion. She does not need money. She does not at all. However, if you framed it as a, a way to motivate young girls to get into athletics, to make them part of a game, you know, the flag football, going to the Olympics. You bring that part of health and fitness and self-confidence. That is how I would approach Taylor Swift and say, we at the NFL have the ability to give you that platform and help you reach these girls that are already your fans to do this other thing besides just the music. I, it, it's, I mean, I really do find it absolutely fascinating beyond just the, oh, my God, there's another shot of Taylor Swift. The mechanics at play for the league, for Taylor Swift, for Travis Kelsey, it's absolutely fascinating what opportunity is out there and who pursues what. And you, you you said it a few weeks ago on the podcast, and I think you're absolutely right. In, in the calculus of who needs who more – 
I, yeah. I, it, this is the big question on the Taylor Swift side is D- give just, me the other she, vehicle for the NFL to reach you know, teams out and of, whatever. Well, I agree with you. The NFL should should want to do literally everything that Taylor Swift is willing to do with them from a licensing yeah. standpoint, from an event standpoint, from a media standpoint. All those things seem like they are layups. Um, but there's also the question, what does she get out of it? Does she want to do that? This is Let's not forget this is tied into a romantic relationship of hers that is we have no idea how serious or unserious it future actually number is, one hit future single yeah. this is not a this is not something that she is doing this is just by virtue of who she happens to be dating at the time um yeah i think the i agree with you there, there's so much opportunity potentially here but it it's is, not yeah, only yeah, is the let, NFL me, let me jump in the one is second taylor is taylor interested it is tied in yes to who she's dating in the i get it however I do believe this has opened a window into a world that she previously had not peeked into. She's a, I, she really has a, a real understanding now about the emotion, about the community aspect of sport that we hear so much about. I mean, she's looking around these stadiums and going, holy crap. Like, look how many people care about this. And there are people who get it but don't really get it. And now she seems to really be enjoying the whole do thing. You think, do you think that's true? Like, she's going I do. to stadiums and she's like, oh yeah, this is a, sta- a packed NFL stadium and people are screaming. I, I see that every day at work. Yeah. That, I that still is, think that is a, it's that a is different a world work though. for her, right? That, it's, it's screaming for the song and then there's this sort of we're all in it for it, it, the pride of the city, the team, us versus you. The athletic endeavor is different. You know, there, you don't know this, the, the aspect of you don't know how this reality show will end today. Yeah. It ends differently every time. That is a component that you, I mean, which song you're going to open with, which song you're going to close with. I get it. But there's a component here that she does not get in her day job that I really think she's starting to really enjoy. All right. So let's just, let's play silliness. Let's say Travis and, 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 uh, and Taylor break up. Yeah. Does she does she stop watching football completely? Does she go to another game? Does she ha- does the interest in the game sustain <laughs> that breakup? I say I, yes. I, I can't answer that, but I do know that of the, the, yes, the can, breakup bitch. album. I mean, she has obviously has a habit yes. of, of of weaving the new her, her prior whole era relationships in into yeah. her music. Yes. The, the 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 Travis breakup album or, or Travis breakup songs uh, are gonna be uh, are gonna be fire for the for the for the overlap. Yeah, fans she went from football and and, and, and Taylor Swift. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs to like karma is the drop ball in the end zone or something <laughs> if he doesn't do something good in the Super Bowl. You know, those are go those are gonna be the new yeah, those are gonna be the new lyrics if this thing exactly. doesn't if it goes south in every way. Exactly. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, I think I still think Kristen Yuschek is, is just fascinating. I can't wait to see what, what she does. Here. Agreed. I, I, and let's just, let's talk Niners for a second. Um the yeah, team's been, been very very good for a while. One of the things that stands out to me about the Niners, they have uh, from a business standpoint, have really expanded their portfolio recently. They they recently bought all of bought, bought the rest football. of Leeds. They're an investor Leeds. in Elevate Sports Marketing uh, Giant. They are you you talk a lot on the show about sports as platform companies and real estate and and and, and media being the two big things there. The Niners are 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 doing that, but also dipping their hands into other opportunities, right? Like other franchises in sports around the globe. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting model and one that we're probably going to see more of. I don't think this is the last NFL team that is going to be a significant investor or owner in a, in, in a major European soccer team, as an example. I think this is one of those things that, that you will see more of um, moving forward, not less. 
I find it interesting. Yeah, Fenway Sports Group comes to mind. Kroenke, of course, these are the ones that come to mind. And we're wondering when Monumental might do something sure, of this. Yeah. Interestingly enough, by the way, you know who's not a part of all this? Although in a very quiet way, it's the New York Yankees. Hmm. You, you notice the, the Yankees have had the opportunity. Believe me, the Yankees have been approached for years about um, whether it be EPL, other European soccer teams, you know, and they haven't done anything in sort of a majority control way because they understand the brand. Yeah, yeah, yes. That that actually as a as a real estate play, which which is great because we talk about one of the ten poles being real estate, media, yes, network. So that they're fitting in there fine, but they just haven't taken the brand in a way internationally. And I don't think they will, frankly. I think they're so focused on the Yankee brand and, and baseball at the core. But what people don't know is that the Yankees have a ton of investments in things you would never even think of. You know, like some some new light bulb that they utilize in stadiums. Yeah. The Yankees are the investors in that company. You don't need to know it, but because of the Yankees, they can make that seed investment and, and watch it grow. So um, it, it, is, it is where these platform companies are headed, but it's, it's interesting to see which ones go very public, uh, decide to stay in sport, around the globe and which ones go in a different direction. The, the Yankees did the th- have done and are continuing, I believe, to do the thing that, that the uh, Miami Dolphins did as well, which is when they partner with, for example, this Korean light company, when they partner with vendors or, or new companies to integrate their tech into their stadium, they take a little bit of cash, but they also take, take equity. Pe- right? Take, take and, a piece and, of equity. And they yeah, understand that by partnering with this NFL or this MLB team, your your part your your company has maybe a better shot at, at survival, more more business, more more visibility, et cetera, and they want to share in that upside. It's the same same reason why all these leagues, Scott, are, are doing their 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 they're investing, right? It's the 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 thirty two equity in the NFL side. Everybody, all these leagues are realizing that by partnering with these companies, they are giving a huge platform to these companies, and why not share in the upside in that as well? Yep, absolutely. And we mentioned Fenway, and uh, today is Monday. We wrote a story last week saying there may be some action this week on Fenway Sports-led investment uh, in the PGA Tour. Uh, we understand it'll, it'll principally be focused on sort of the PGA Tour's domestic properties and you know, what, what can we sell within the United States. But um, it's going to be interesting to see which owners, you know, it's a whole group of established owners, um, how, what comes of this, how much they invest. And the big question is what happens with PIF, of course, you know, the Saudi, yeah. um, the Saudi wealth fund, uh, is PIF in, is PIF out. These talks have been going on for a while, but, uh, at least we think the PGA tour gets a little leverage with some deep pocketed owners in the ongoing talks with PIF. And frankly, I don't expect anything to happen on the PIF side anytime soon. Yeah. It, it, the, the, there was a, a deadline in, in this, in this bigger golf merger between the European tour, the PGA tour and, and live golf, a deadline at the end of 2023. We're obviously well past that. That deadline has been, been extended to a degree. Um, yeah, it's, it's unclear if that is actually going to happen. And, and if it, if it is going to happen, the PGA Tour at least now has a little bit more financial heft behind it as it has those conversations. If it's not going to happen, the PGA Tour is going to need capital. And and, and this group, the strategic sports group you mentioned, led by Fenway, a, a whole slew of big names in sports business in that group, including Steve Cohen, Jerry Cardinal, Tom Ricketts, Mark Lazary, Wick Grosbeck. Um, there's a there's a whole uh, uh, it, it's finan- it's hefty financially and it's also hefty from a connections standpoint within sports. 
Um, and I'm not surprised that this deal happened before the Live merger uh, for all the reasons we're talking about. This is you can view it as a bargaining chip. You can view this as maybe even setting the table for what happens if Live and the and the PGA and the European World Tour walk away from each other. Um, we are 2024 is going to be the year I think that global golf fully upends itself in some capacity. Right? We could end the year with one one central commercial golf asset that, that that has everything in it we could end the year with live and the pga back at it uh legally and and professionally um the, the, it, it's uncertain what happens but but there's going to be a massive shakeout in professional golf right now and 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 as you know there's a number of other sports that are eagerly looking at what happens and what does not happen here and 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 trying to figure out what they can extrapolate from that on, onto their own sports as well I'm sitting here doodling on my one piece of paper here. If this is this is my keyword here. This I I, I want to bring up the word triangulate. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I do rather okay. than rather than go triangulate. But as we're discussing all this, like through my head goes, okay, so Piff and Golf, Qatari Sovereign Wealth Fund, monumental, which we mentioned earlier, monumental at a time when Ted is writing letters to get support for his multi-billion dollar real estate play in Northern Virginia, moving the Wizards and the Capitals outside of sort of that, the D.C. area at a time when the NFL owners have a private uh, a working committee put together to see if private equity should be welcomed. Uh, what would that do to valuations? Because they're skyrocketing for all the things we just mentioned. Yeah. Like you just nothing happens in a vacuum. All of this is we have to triangulate it all to see these dominoes. What this one falls. What happens down the line? Um, it, it just how, how do they fit? You know, um, and I know the next story we want to talk about is you know Netflix, t- you know, put it getting WWE Raw, uh, but WWE is part of TKO, publicly traded company, uh, and but then you have Vince McMahon, he just had oh. to resign his 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 positions there. Um, private company, this this wouldn't have happened, but. You know, you go to the public markets, and despite the first statement denying some some ugly allegations against Vince, it took what twenty four more hours until he said, you know, oh, for the good of the company, I'm stepping aside. What what an insane week for for TKO. We talked about the first news on on, on the podcast last week the the, the new Netflix deal, five billion dollar deal for for WWE's Raw rights, one of the two kind of main media rights deals that they have. Stock jumped a huge amount on that, and then later in the week, a a, a, a law suit filed uh with with some very very ugly allegations against vince on sexual harassment sex for the record denied denied by vince abuse for manipulation the record, vince. he has abu- yep. he has denied unspecifically a lot of the claims that are in the lawsuit um but but the maybe the the more interesting business side two two interesting business pieces of that one obviously vince has been so instrumental in what WWE is as a business, as a public perception. He left the company and then came back to the company. Uh, he, he is one of those, and, and we can debate how involved he actually is in TKO leadership right now, but he is he is one of those executives, executive chairmen that are so synonymous with the brand itself that you you do wonder what, what, what they actually fully start to look like if if he is gone. And then secondly, the the, the one of the more interesting business parts of, of of the lawsuit is what WWE had a fiduciary duty to 
both disclose and act on um, a few years ago when it was at least seeing parts of these allegations uh, around NDAs and, and payments made, et cetera. Um, and that, I think, Mike McCann wrote a really good story for us at Sportico uh, on, on Monday that, that people are on maybe Saturday over the weekend that people should read. But breaking <laughs> down just the, the the way in which, as you said, publicly traded companies, the, the, the board's fiduciary the duties. Questions. Yeah. Why'd they bring um, them back in the first place? Exactly. How you are you know obligated to act in a different way than if you are a, a private company. Uh, and then let's roll it forward. Uh, Netflix is coming out with a Vince McMahon documentary. Yeah. So my question to you is, hey, Reed Hastings, I have a question. Will there be a Vince McMahon documentary released with these allegations out there? Will it be updated? Will it uh, will it be amended? Will it? I, I I don't know. But at a time again, Netflix, we 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 see the uh, we see the game plan here. It's don't rent. Let let's buy. Do not. You know they they're trying to get. Uh, you get the rights for Raw, yes, but there's a million other things you can do. IP you can create with reality shows, um, docu-series around the wrestlers. So uh, they, they sniffed around the World Surf League, uh, didn't come to a deal. World Surf League signed a deal with ESPN. So, uh, again, another, another by the way, triangulation. ESPN, you got to be shaking. Netflix is coming in and, and, and buying this stuff, and you've got the, uh, the tech companies with, with, with a lot of money. Uh, if should they put it to work for, let's say, the NBA, by the way, triangulate. Adam Silver extends his contract or close to extending his deal, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, not surprising. Adam gets that next push into two very important pieces of business. One, the next media deal. 2X, 3X, I don't know. Uh, that's tier one property. They're going to get paid. Uh, and then expansion. Seattle, Vegas, what is the expansion? You know, Vegas, which, by the way, hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, here, that's what I mean about the trade. Nothing happens in a vacuum. All yeah. of these things are connected at a time when, by the way, Wes Edens is trying to get his Brightline project from L.A. to Las Vegas. More real estate, more transportation uh, to Las Vegas. So this is why we do what we do. Like it, we, we try and pick topics and discuss, but you got to think of all the offshoots. There's a lot there. I do want to go back to the Netflix Vince McMahon documentary for a go. second. The, the messaging around that documentary has has been that this is not going to be a frilly, rosy, rose-colored glasses look at Vince McMahon. This is going to be a... How would you do that? Well, agreed. That this is going to be a, a story that, that shows the, the good and the bad sides. Um, but I do think that now that Netflix is a $5 billion contract partner with WWE, I, I do think that becomes a, a harder, full story to tell, especially as, as, as more and more ugly details come out about Vince the the we talked recently about the 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 NFL and ESPN and and reports that 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 ESPN may be close to an equity partnership with the NFL one of the the the, the big criticisms of that in our industry was how do you objectively cover the NFL if you're an ESPN reporter or ESPN employee if there is a, a an equity business relationship if the NFL is holding equity in ESPN. I also think that as we get deeper into these streaming deals, where Netflix not only is is is, is contracting and, and 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 releasing documentaries about about sports, but is also a rights holder in some of those same sports, I think you have kind of maybe similar uh, uh, conflicts of interest as well. So I, I am I am very curious to see when when and if that Vince McMahon documentary comes out. Just how unsparing it is on, on on the ugly details, because it certainly seems like there are some. Uh, and also, the, the the business relationship between WWE and Netflix just got a lot more complicated uh, in the past week. 
how'd you like to be Fox or NBC or CBS if the NFL, you know, has an equity stake in ESPN? Yeah, and, I mean, and, there's all sorts of issues there, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you that, don't. That, well, that, that, <laughs> the that's non-equity what I mean about partner is a tough spot to be in. That's yeah. what I mean about triangulation. These conflicts are every. We cannot turn around without bumping into conflict here or there. Somebody's got a minority piece. Somebody's business partner. Somebody co-owns. I mean, it's it's literally just everywhere. Well, all right, I'll end the show phone. here with the last triangulation, Scott. The Ooh, third. I love it. The third. This could be a new thing. Wait, could this be a new thing? Can we do every week? Can we do? Okay, it's time to triangulate. Can we do that every week? Should we do that? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's do that. And I'm going to start with a fun one. It's time to triangulate the three rivers in in Pittsburgh. It is the Ohio, <laughs> you looked it up? the Mon- Monongahela, and the Allegheny. Is the, the Allegheny, third. of the, course. The, the Monongahela and the Allegheny flow in and create the Ohio, yes, yes, yes. according to uh, the webpage I was just looking at. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, right. sports business and geography here at the Sportacast. He is Scott Soshnick. You can find him on Twitter at Soshnick. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.